0: Okay, scotty henderson's in the house brucey foreman
1: da, 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 da. guitar
0: wank is back <laughs> we have uh can we talk about your operation the the drink uh the the drink the the it was they now they just they shrunk it a little bit because it's just been annoying all these years that you've just had this huge a massive penis and you finally yeah, just, you're thought, just
2: hanging off your body, and that's what yeah. Happened. I got a redu- finally
1: like, got that reduction. You got that
0: reduction job, and you're laid up on the couch here. I'm impressed you turned up.
2: <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, we got Scott here on the couch,
0: man. Scott on the couch after an operation on Friday. Can we talk about it, Scott? <laughs> Sorry, just yeah, it was
1: not really that much to talk about. It was just a small hernia uh, thing that was just you know code hernia.
0: Yeah. Truth to be told. Hernia, penis, yeah. Penis yeah. Penis Hernia to slash is there, syphilis. Is, is, is there a such <laughs> thing as a hymnia? hymnia. They just took it down to normal human size. Yeah. And uh, now Scotty's, yeah, Scotty's yeah, yeah. back to where he so needs it. So
2: I got a new Marshall head that weighs 10 pounds more for you to carry <laughs> around. Great. <laughs>
1: I'll be happy to lift that sucker. <laughs> you just make that sucker split a little more open
2: i have one word yeah, for you, Scott. it's got latency that you won't believe <laughs>
0: one word for you as you move forward throughout your career roadie <laughs>
1: yeah well actually the doctor told me that it's probably not from lifting as much as you know because usually when you when you get a hernia from lifting something it's yeah. usually pretty big yeah. and you feel it and it hurts And this didn't hurt at all. I never felt anything. I just noticed that one side was a little bit puffy, you know, and I just felt it and it didn't hurt when I touched it. And then I went to the doctor and he said, oh, yeah, lie down. And He says, yeah, when you lie down, it's not there. But when you stand up, it's there. So it's a hernia. And he said, it probably is just, it just happens to guys, you know, some, it happens to guys when they're in their 20s and 30s. Really? So I'm lucky I didn't, never got it before. So
0: so you didn't feel it happen?
1: No, 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 not at all. Wow. Okay. Just gradually, and I didn't even notice it until I just noticed it one day and went, oh, that's weird. It's, how come this side's a little bigger than the other side?
0: And you weren't doing like a... Bunch of push ups and no, sit ups no, no. and stuff
1: like that. Are you getting me? <laughs> I'm way too lazy for that. Now this has
0: nothing to do when the doctor sticks his finger up your bum, right? There's no, 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 because
1: he he bites the
0: prostate. state.
2: <laughs> the hernia yeah. is the one yeah. where they hold your balls and tell you to turn your head and cough, yeah. and I knew it wasn't <laughs> that. And, they, like, and and the whole turning your yeah. head part is just a ruse. They just don't want you to cough on them. <laughs> right. And your turning your head has nothing to do with the whole thing. It's and just. No, yeah, but just,
0: hold it. Are you jacking me now? Is
2: that why they cut? Cu- cu- when, when when they hold your balls and they tell you turn your head and cough, that's the hernia thing.
0: Why? Yeah. Because
2: right. they can tell if you've got a hernia.
0: Really? From cupping your balls?
2: And hearing, feeling you cough. Yeah, they, there's oh, like I've some...
0: T- t- tell my mate that it's... Plus, if he was... Not what he's stick, been telling me. Oh, he you thought, you thought your there. doctor
2: was Catholic? Yeah, no, he's been cupping <laughs> me balls and
0: telling me all this other stuff. I, I, just, I just... It just felt nice.
1: No, but you <laughs> know when they're s- going to stick their finger up there because they present you with that bouquet of flowers first. <laughs> and then they do that. You know? <laughs> so... Yeah, my doctor always does. My guy's polite. So you you got a nice guy. I got a nice guy. Yeah. I, I basically pick my doctor because he's got real small hands. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can say to the doctor when he does that. Like, it, I think Letterman had a top ten list. One of them was, uh, what, no flowers, of course. One yeah. was... uh Any sign of the trap miners, chief? (laughs) Another one was, uh, you know, this makes us married in some states. (laughs) There's a lot of good ones.
0: Well, I think every Guitar Wank listener should be aware of
2: these This, Well, if you haven't gotten to that point in your life, you will, if you're lucky. Yeah, (laughs) I I,
1: I looked it up. They gave me a lot of literature on it, and it seems like it's a really common thing, especially these little, small ones. Right. didn't seem like I got it at one time because I never felt any pain or anything like that. Like I do now, thanks to the <laughs> the procedure was a hell of a lot more painful than the hernia. I can tell you that.
0: Wow! How long yeah. were you out for?
1: Uh, I mean, a literally course, an hour. Like minutes. I went there. I went there. Showed up at eight. They did the procedure at nine. I was home by eleven. That's crazy. And they glued it shut. Was it this glued. a backyard job. <laughs> no, the doctor. The doctor. You sure they like really was, did
2: something other than like just sticking with a like knife?
1: He knew what he was doing. No, it seemed like a reputable thing. But yeah, it was quick, in and out. You know, wow. just home. And then they gave me like a couple of weeks of Norco. Is that N-O-R-C-O? Are we doing ads and now? And that's like <laughs> the, that's like a serious pain reliever. That's really? like Yeah, knocks you out. That's why Bruce had to drive me here tonight because I can't drive. Right. So we yeah, should I'm give on. Scott alcohol then. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I should just <laughs> drink now. It'll make me even worse. That could so, be. Fun. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you sound like Joel Taylor. <laughs> we
0: had Joel Taylor.
2: Was, Joe,
1: was he blitzed?
0: We got him. We got him pretty. We good got him up. pretty good. Uh, but, but I think
2: he, I think he I think he somehow he like edited the tape and then like tweaked it up a few octaves and mm-hmm. then tightened it down. I don't know how he did that, but
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember one time we were. Pulling up at the baked potato to load in for a gig. Me and Alan Hertz. And Joel was just coming out of the bar like it was around 2 p.m. Right. from the night before.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Alan was like, is that JT? <laughs> and yeah, he looked like he was really wasted. I was like, oh yeah, he's this is morning for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I love that guy though. What a he, was, he was, so there, he was there last drummer. night. You saw him last night, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I caught
0: up with him last night. Yeah, yeah. We, I caught up with a few people last I, night.
1: I'll tell you, I'll never rem- uh, this this gig that I did with him, uh, uh, Josh Smith and Kirk Fletcher, and it was just a funk, like just a low down dirty funk blues gig, right? Yeah. And Joel Taylor nailed it. I mean, he sounded like he'd never heard jazz in his life. I mean, he not. One tiny shred of jazz vocabulary on that gig, he just nailed it like he was a Motown drummer. It was so good, he just poured himself. Into and, that and the gig other thing and is, like it, when I play man, with him, we play straight ass. ahead. You know, uh huh. It's and like the do other that man. Oh man, in, he is—he's just channels Elvin, yeah, man. He's, he's so good, man, at playing the music. You right. Know? He right. plays the music he's playing and doesn't insert anything to show off. Man. Right, he's, just, oh, he's a really great He's a musician. musical cat. Man. Yeah. yeah. Love that guy's part.
0: Oh, we had so much fun with him. I, I yeah. really enjoyed catching up with him. I saw job. him a
1: couple of times with Holdsworth too, and it was he was actually one of my favorite drummers in the Holdsworth trios because he made all those odd meters sound so smooth yeah. and relaxed, yeah. you know, like he made all, he smoothed over all those edges, how, how some drummers, they make a big deal out of those time, time signature changes and yeah. Joel just made it sound so natural and groovy, bad, bad dude, man, That's absolutely.
0: Awesome. Yeah, he texted me the other day, he was in, where was he, the, uh, um, Dominican Republic, I think he was, on the beach, he said, I'm on the beach, I'm sending you some files. Alright
3: <laughs>
0: And then we saw him last night at Bruce's concert That was a fun gig man He kicked ass last night mm-hmm. He was on fire man mm-hmm. Sounded good in the baked potato Yeah that's a One great club show.
2: Great club man Smallest band there. to ever play there <laughs> Smallest amp <laughs> to ever
1: play there yeah, that <laughs> yeah, so That's probably true <laughs> Let's say so
0: um, We met Bob uh-huh. and um, oh, hold on. I'm just going to make sure I get their names right Bob and was it Nat Bob and Nat and um oh, let me double check that I don't want to fuck with their
4: names
0: yes Bob and Nat Bob and Natalie they drove all the way from San San Diego to see Bruce play they're huge fans of Guitar Wank and uh, great people so g'day Bob and Nat Bob listens to us as he falls asleep
1: <laughs> we put, we put, <laughs> we 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 put everybody to sleep that's <laughs> yeah, our job yeah. and, uh,
0: and Joel we're a cure for
2: insomnia <laughs>
0: and
2: Josh's dad too <laughs> yeah Joel Smith Joel was there. and Good Josh Joel. Smith
0: and Josh was there last night mm-hmm. on
2: you Josh. another Josh was there this great guitar player named Josh Sklair uh, oh was he with Alex name. no he was there with um, with Doug Shane he's oh, a great yeah, guitar yeah, player yes. we need to get him on the show
0: he was and, MD for Ellen. Ella um Edda James.
2: Right. <laughs> They're <right. laughs> close to Ella. Right. Eta. And and uh, and also Graham Dechter was there, yeah. Great it was guitar it was player. A great night. So, yeah, there's a lot of guitar players there. And then Briscoe, and more, good. And actually way more women than one of your concerts, I yeah, have to Scott. say. Sorry, Scott. I'm not doubting that. smallest <laughs>
0: smorgasbord <laughs> of women last night at the Baked Potato. Yeah, I'm not There
1: was a whole that. lot of babes. Especially in, in, in the States. <laughs> definitely, I will not disagree with that. However, we do okay out of the country. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just saying,
2: you know, I, I kind of looked in the audience, and went, wow, there's more women here than I've seen here in a year. You know? <laughs> and you're probably yeah. right. God, Russell Malone <laughs> well, has no to talk to me, that. so <laughs> I'm going to put him on the speakerphone, okay? Who's Russell Malone? Well, you'll find out. All right, Russell. Russell, how you doing? You're on speakerphone on a podcast, so be careful what you say.
1: Uh, oh, darn, darn.
2: Hi, Russell. <laughs> oh, he hung up. He hung up, fucking pussy. <laughs> That's
3: funny. Oh, did
2: man. Did he really well, hang up? Yeah, he did.
0: Oh, wow. Must have been...
1: Not he must be shy.
2: Oh, no, he's anything but. <laughs> I must have pissed him off because he called twice. The first time I sent it to voicemail, mm. then he called back and said, oh, mm-hmm. something's happening.
1: Where does he live in New York? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Up um, oh, here he is again. Hold all on. Right, all
3: right.
0: We'll call us in.
2: I mean it. You're on the air.
4: Oh, okay, yeah, we got separated there. Anyway, man, thanks so much for the
2: call the other day. Oh, man, it was great, man. I I must have been thinking of you. I can't remember why, but I'm sure it was a good reason. How you doing, man?
4: I'm doing good. You told me that you you and Phyllis Kessel, Barney's wife,
2: were hanging out. That's right. Yeah, I was hanging in San Diego with Phyllis Kessel, and we were talking about you, so I thought I'd give you a call. Yeah, yeah
4: I still keep in touch with her, man. I keep in touch, but didn't call her just to check up on her.
2: Yeah, she's like my stepmom. You know, it's really great, man. I love her. Yeah, man. So how you doing? You good? We're good. We're doing the podcast right now. Hi, We're going to get you on, and now you're finally on. Uh, Scott Henderson's sitting here and Troy McCubbin's sitting right here. So, Hello, y- gentlemen. How are you? Hey, man. All right. So do you have any words of wisdom for our, our, our audience? we got at least one person listening, I'm sure. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Any words of wisdom? Well, let's see what I can come up with here. Well, man, you know, I'm on vacation. I um, got the whole month of August off.
2: What? And uh, we call that and, retirement, uh, man. We don't call that vacation. <laughs> well, you know, Bruce, when I was younger, man, I uh,
4: not that I'm an old man now, but I'm, I'm about to turn fifty-six this year. So it's a big difference between twenty-six and fifty-six. And I, there used to be a time whenever I would have this much time off. I feel antsy, but as I've gotten older, I've realized the importance of balance, man. Uh-huh. You have to you have to balance things out, you know. I
2: mean, I love music, but it's nice to be able to live life to You know, spend time with my lady and just you know get on the phone and talk to people like you, my friends. Right? Love and respect. Well, that's that's great to hear, man. You know, I. You know, being older than you, man. You know, fuck, oh, fuck, time off. I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm still, I'm still practicing. I a big guitar every day, man. Yeah. I always keep it out, and uh,
4: I get up in the morning, and there she is, sitting on the stand, she's staring at me.
2: Which one? Which one are you playing this week?
4: Well, let's see. I, uh, I was playing my L five for a while, and then I
2: uh, picked up my Super five a few weeks ago uh, you know that guitar right yeah the sure
4: body and the Super 400 neck. A yeah box. yeah yeah so that's the one that i've been playing the most lately
2: and it has the that weird it's that johnny smith that that weird tailpiece right with like all the the screws in it like so you can adjust the tension isn't that doesn't yeah, I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't like that tailpiece so i took that i took that tailpiece off
4: and uh Put an L five tailpiece on there. I like the
2: tension of that one better. Yeah, it just feels right for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still playing your L five? Or you? Still nah, I'm pretty much. Sontag? I'm stuck on the red guitar, Sontag. It's it's like a tick. It got it bit me, and now it's holding on, won't let me go. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it though, and having a good time doing that show. Played the baked potato last night. You know, definitely like we were just talking. The smallest band and the smallest amp that's played there, probably in history. You know. Mm Yeah, I
3: can dig
4: it, man. Well, it's great to talk to you guys. And I've never met Scott or the other gentleman before,
2: but hopefully. We'll We'll get you on this show, man, and we'll take care of that. You know, when are you coming west? You got any plans?
4: I'm going to be out that way sometime next month.
2: Oh, great. Uh, Well, we'll get you. Yeah. All right. Plan to cut some time out. I also owe you a really good Italian dinner, man. So I'll i got to find a decent place here. I don't think I'll find anything as good as what you had, but we'll get something.
3: That place, was, that place we went to in New York was happening.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'm coming back there in November. I hope you'll be there. Uh, I'll be in and out, so uh, let me know. Okay, man. I'll talk to you later. All Thanks right, for calling. Take care, man. All right, All right bye.
0: Right, <laughs> Who was that man?
2: Yeah, Russell Malone, yeah.
0: We got, have be looking forward to have Russell on the show. Yeah. Um, where,
2: where were we? we? We Josh Sclair was at the show. Graham Decker was at the show last night. And, but basically, we're here to welcome Scott back. Glad he won his knife fight. You know. Yeah. You should see the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's sitting at home. He, he's sitting at home spending life. the money. Spending the money. <laughs>
0: the doctor's enjoying his life, right? He's,
2: right now, he's at a bowling convention. <laughs>
0: He's telling everyone that he cut up Scott Henderson.
2: Yeah. Right. I cut. I, it was a cutting session. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. So, Scott, how's it going now that the new record's probably
1: number one? Uh, oh, yeah. Hundred. You know it's number one. <laughs> is the, it number one on the Richter
0: scale? <laughs> number
1: 100. 100. It did make the Billboard charts. It it's, didn't? Yeah, it did. Oh, it, oh, did. Is it did? Yeah, it's on. It was like number four on the something contemporary something or other i have no oh, idea oh that's great Gee. i have no You're idea dude that's great <laughs> yeah what the fuck man I, 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 but fuck i don't you. really pay much attention to that kind of radio stuff because i don't have radio <laughs> wow. so I, I don't know you know when the publicist sends me those radio charts i don't really know what to make of them because i don't I don't know what they mean. You know, it wouldn't you know, be great if like, they
0: sent it's... you those radio charts but also sent you like a big fat check. Well, yeah, now that would make that would make <laughs> a lot you'd be more like, sense. I know
1: everything. Yeah. But he sends me these things all the time like radio channel airplay and I don't know what to make of them. I get one or two a week and I go, "Well, does this mean is this good?" <laughs> it's like Wait. I guess they're playing them on some radio stations, but I have no idea like, you know, what that means. I guess they pay some royalties, they must. Right. Probably like Spotify, you make like a, <laughs> a, a billionth of a penny every time they you, play you, it or you something actually, like that. You
0: actually have to pay them. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sure it's something like that. I have no doubt. Yeah, well, well uh,
2: something's better everybody than Everybody should I read guess. my novel because there's actually that is a big part of it. That whole little uh, thing you just went through could have been the scene in my book. And it's coming out as an ebook later this month or early September, mm-hmm. oh. which I of course will mention. But you can still get a hard copy from me signed if you go to my website.
0: Mm-hmm. And we all like, always and, like and that.
2: anybody. I mean, I'm assuming there are some people that listen to this can actually, that can actually read a book
0: there's a few that read you know this
2: I, I would imagine it <laughs> uh, wins the movie coming out yeah yeah right, right. <laughs> well actually it's ooh. gonna be a hbo special yeah right right <laughs> it's gonna be a mini series very mini <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great
0: yeah we're gonna
2: wait for the movie that'd be awesome who would play you Bruce yeah. who would play me well Pierce
1: Brosnan it, it, no, it, it was
2: it was about when I I mean the, the guy is like about 40 years old so it wouldn't be me now I mean I mean, I don't know who would I get they'd probably get somebody like Ryan Gosling but I would uh, yeah I, I would pref- I would prefer shoot low I would prefer uh, a chick yeah yeah I would prefer somebody like Whoopi Goldberg or something <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: David Hasselhoff, that'd be <laughs> Lee Majors. Or is he still a guy? No, it's the other one, Bruce Jenner. That I uh, am yeah, Bruce, Bruce,
0: Bruce Jenner. That's Bruce who Jenner do. as she is now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 A cock
3: and a frog. Uh, oh. Okay, Let's get another God, podcast. we have
2: really digressed, haven't we? <laughs> Scott, you know, the podcast never went here before. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: okay. So
0: Scott, the new album is out. Um the feedback is I've been getting a lot of feedback and apparently everyone loves it. Uh,
1: so far so good. Had no no nasty reviews yet, so, you know.
0: But we we must bring this up. You've done a bunch of interviews, you're not too happy with the interview questions. Well,
1: I mean, Normally, when people hear this kind of music, the first thing they go to is gear i mean we've t- I've talked to that uh, talked with Landau so many times about that, yeah where if people like the tones on the record, they want to know about the gear, and they don't some people realize it, but you know most of the tone is in your fingers and it doesn't really matter what kind of gear you use, and you're going to sound like you. Yeah, I remember that time John John Sir was on the phone with this guy and asking him like, "Well, what's that riot pedal sound like?" And John says, "Well, I'll probably like the guy who's playing it." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, John, good salesmanship there," but he's kind of right. He right. You know, I mean, it's it's like. <laughs> but, but I mean I don't you know me I love talking about gear and I don't mind talking about gear but that seems to be mostly what people want to know
0: that's as far as they go
1: Well except for a few there has there I just did a a really interesting interview with a Japanese magazine and this guy was really impressed me he was like a real musician almost like like a composer yep. asking me questions like he didn't really care much about the soloing or any of that. He was really asking me questions from a songwriter's point of view, which I thought was pretty interesting because I don't usually get come at that way. Right. And I thought that was really interesting because he's one of the first so far to ask questions about the music, not just the, the gear. The gear. Yeah. But he did ask questions about <laughs> the gear too, of course. <laughs> you know what pedal is that on this and what pedal is that on this right all that kind of stuff which is cool man i mean you know when you work this long on making a sonic you know soundscape you know kind of an album you're bound to be asked those kind of questions and
0: well you are one of those those main players that are known for your tone
1: which is i guess i mean i mean i i'm not really even sure if that's true but um I don't know. I think of other guys when that question comes up, like Landau, or right. I don't even know if I'm in that group. You know I, what I mean? I, I but, you, but I think you are. Like maybe as, for as some as an outsider I am.
0: looking in, yeah, like you're, Scott Henderson is known for his his tone, and and the, I think the great thing about your playing Scott is like people know it; they just know straight away when it's Scott Henderson playing. Well, so
1: that's, that's, that's that's a compliment that's for awesome. sure.
3: Yeah,
1: but I think you know. I mean, that's I work why I f- choose to sound like shit all the time because I <laughs> know it's like. Me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I did work pretty hard on, and I always do work hard on trying to get the tone to an inspirational point where you want to play. But yeah. I don't think it's it's for the sake of tone itself. It's for it's for the inspiration. Inspiration, because the better the sound the more inspired you are to play and and the better you play and yep. the more fun creative things you come up with when the tone is going your way and you don't feel like you're doing damage control like
0: a, you just want to keep playing because it yeah, sounds so good yeah because right? it's fun
1: yeah yeah and 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 i know i've been on stage enough times where the tone was pretty terrible that i it makes you feel like you're just doing damage control all night long right to yep. make up for this and that and I have good friends who see me play all the time including the guys in the band and they know when I'm in that damage control (laughs) mode they go yeah your tone's kind of sucking tonight so I know I can see it in your face that you're almost trying to just make up for every bad phrase that comes (laughs) out because even if it might have been a good phrase if the tone was good but being that the tone wasn't good it somehow in your mind you're thinking it's a bad phrase well so it just you know, it's you would say how it goes.
0: would would this spare fair, fair to say that you're you're very anal and particular about your tone say so you might go a little bit more than a lot of guitarists would with your tone I,
1: I don't know some of these rock guys are pretty obsessed with 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 tone probably even more than me but I just know I just know when something feels good. But and, did that start? Because
0: you know. I, I saw a video clip of you online. I don't know when it was. It would have been maybe a year ago or something. You were on tour. And you you just did a snippet of um, a Zeppelin tune. Mm-hmm. And you're on your Strat. And I think I showed Bruce at one point. I was like, fuck, it sounded... You sounded so much like Paige. It was just such a, an amazing... You know, replica of that. And I was like, oh. wow, you've really... You've delved... And you've talked about this on the show where you really go in and try and nail those those tones and those parts yeah, with these players, l- right? Yeah,
1: nuances that certain guys yeah. have. So sure.
0: that's definitely probably taking your, your ear and your tone to the next level just it's, by doing that's that. That's a right? lifelong
1: study, but yeah. I'm sure it's the same with any jazz musician who studies a certain horn player for a while, then moves on to another horn player, studies that person for a while. Yeah. And... And you know, just trying to get snippets of each person's vocabulary, so that he can kind of blend that up into something that's. You sounded amazing. It sounded yeah, like you so were
0: playing. It sounded like Zeppelin to me. Like it sounded yeah. so spot on. I was like, damn! And you're playing a strat. I was like, man, yeah. you just made that sound incredible.
1: I remember one time I was listening to a Landau record, and I'm so used to hearing him play strats that I just took it for granted that on this tune it was a strat, and I found out it was a Les Paul and it was just like wow that's so weird i actually thought this was a strat just from knowing that he plays strats right but he just got the god such an i remember him playing a les paul
2: team. i mean that's when yeah. the, uh, the i saw him play and yeah. i, I the, the picture in my head is like one of those uh sunbursts.
1: yeah Less and he's played
2: SGs, too,
1: and he plays yeah. all kinds. Of, and he's living proof that, you know, I've seen him play just about every guitar and amp in the book, but it always sounds like sounds Mike. Sounds like him. It always sounds like him. He has got really
0: a f- certain finesse. And yeah, top it, and it's a,
1: in the fingers, yeah. you know. So I imagine that a certain amount of... Because I used, you know, different amps on this record and different pedals, but, you know, it's always going to sound somewhat like the way I, I touch the guitar is just sort of like... A, a thing yeah that's that is whatever it is for for better or worse
0: after listening to the album and again the album cover is fucking badass i really love that but thanks what um you were a little lighter on the whammy bar on this album i felt
1: yeah i, I don't was
0: that a conscious thing no, or was
1: it just, no? It's, none of that is ever conscious but it may be that um i really like the sound of the pick um close to the the uh, bridge yeah you know there's a certain sound that you get from picking close to the bridge and you can't hold the vibrato bar when you do that so so i think i just preferred that tone this time over the bar yeah because i know i played a lot of stuff in with with the anchor position i don't know what what you call it's the anchor position where you you've got your palm on the pick guard and you're picking pretty close to the bridge and obviously there's no way you could have the bar in your hand while you're doing that. Right. So
2: your palm on the pick guard, your palm on the t- on the on, on the, the, the pick bridge. guard. On
1: the or on the bridge, bridge. maybe. Yeah, yeah so yeah. on the bridge. And, and and um also, you know, the guitar does sound a little bit different when you're holding the bar. Right. You know, it, it, it there's a diff- there's a slight bit of tonality difference when you're holding the bar or when you're not. Yeah. And it sounds a little better when you're not holding the bar. So Maybe part of that was conscious. So but it's, maybe but your
0: ears would you were just on with your ears, I and mean, that was I the guess result. yeah, just going yeah. with
1: your ears and seeing what happens most yeah. of the time, you know. So I can't really say it was conscious, but I'm I'm glad you know, I'm i am pretty happy with overall. One thing that I, I did change, I think I mentioned it before, was that I turned the speaker cabinet upside down,
3: yeah, put
1: the rubber feet on the floor, and turned the speaker cabinet upside down and mic the bottom speakers, yeah. And they sound better wow. um because even a straight cabinet has a little bit of a slant. Yeah. So you've got more airspace behind the back speakers and you're also putting the mic way away from those big handles. Yeah. Which probably has an effect on the tone yeah. too. Yeah. So it's a bigger sound, it's a little the, the bass is a bit tighter. And uh yeah. And I and, and people have asked me, well, why don't you just mic the bottom speakers when they're the bottom speakers, <laughs> because, <laughs> right. because you get reflections off the floor. floor. Yep. And sometimes, that I guess that could be good, some people have done it and I guess got good results, right. but in my room, it doesn't sound good, it right. sounds tanky, because you can hear the floor, it just has a funny tone, it just sounds weird, and yet when, when I turn the speaker upside down and mic the bottom speakers, you get that big sound without the floor reflections, and it sounded really nice. So. The other thing I did that I didn't do so much on Vibe Station was I moved the mic around quite a bit more, you know, depending on what sound I was looking for. And I found that even just moving the mic just a slight bit made the layers easier to hear. Right, distinguish like, between the. Yeah, you parts. could distinguish between one part and another a little easier. And Alan didn't have to EQ as much because just the very nature of the sound changes when you move the mic yeah, like no. all the frequencies change Were you
0: staying on one guitar pretty much majority? no i used a bunch oh you did you i had one
1: on. main guitar that i that i did a lot of stuff with but uh the main difference was that the main guitar has the mike landau pickups yeah which are kind of a little overwhelmed and they're a little more mid-rangey so they're a little more on the i guess for lack of a better description the The more of a Jeff Beck, Richie Blackmore type of sound, you know, rather than a sparkly Stevie Ray Vaughan type of. right. And that sound you get from John's V60 LP pickups, which are less wound and they're really sparkly and vintage sounding. So anytime I wanted to play like, say, chords under a solo, I'd usually use those pickups, a guitar with those pickups, because they're more scooped so they give the, they give the mid-rangey uh, lead part kind of some room to breathe Yeah. and they lay under it nice cuz it's scooped out this, so yeah that's those those two with those two guitars I could do most of everything but I also use Les Paul for some chordal stuff and to play some slide on a tune
0: your chordal and, uh, stuff you know listening to the album your chordal stuff reminded me a lot of like horn stabs and stuff like the way it, with the yeah, Why the I chords guess have there's. Come,
1: it was yeah. It's, it reminded guess, but me of it's that. Pretty rhythmic. Yeah, yeah. It's, Depending on the tune. I mean, you know. you're
0: moving a lot, man. It was like wow. Yeah, there's a
1: lot of there's a lot of there's a lot more chordal movement on this record, I think, because the songs have more changes in them than the previous record. But contrary to what it sounds like, because it sounds difficult, but it's not. Right. Because there's so many open strings involved. Right. Like almost every voicing that I play has an open string, somehow involved in it. And now
0: that must have been hard to keep under control with
1: it the gain and everything. Mm, no, was not too really. Bad it was alright. No, it's okay. Yeah. The 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 hardest part is just getting it to all balance out so that when you play a chord, you know, in a pianistic way with all your fingers at once, yeah. that one note doesn't stick out too much. Right. That's the so that's hard even. to control because nobody has such uh, finesse in their right hand that they can completely control that without like a heavy compression. Right. And I didn't want to use heavy compression. compression because it just sounds weird. Did you use I any? Can't. Well, I guess only the compression that's in the distortion. Right. Like yeah. the pedal, the distortion pedal has a tiny bit of compression in it. And the fact that the amp is on crunchy, you get a little compression from that. Yeah. But many times I would have to redo a chord because the wrong note, like I want the melody note to stick out Stiget, a little more. Yeah. But instead, like another note sticks out and overtakes the melody note. So right. that would make, mean I would have to do a do-over, you know, and and that just happens. I, every once in a while, you know, I'd play like a big, long phrase and everything would just come out just right. And then every once in a while, just get unlucky and all the wrong notes pop out <laughs> You know And it's like No You know It's like You're trying to just If the melody's on the E or the B string You're trying to put just a little more pressure On the E and the B string To make those melody notes come out Yeah But Like if there's an open G involved Then that open G or open D Might pop out too much And you lose the melody And then you have to do it again Yeah But yeah. you know that that's, that's the hassle of playing chords with distortion
0: well, because um we, we we're going to you know get in, dive a little deeper into this album this session I know Bruce had some high class quality questions to ask too.
1: <laughs> some what? High class quality questions? Uh, high
0: class quality questions. <laughs> in um Right, Bruce?
1: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's asleep.
2: He's already asleep, man. No, no, I, I you you've inspired me to come up with a new segment to guitar work, and you know, let's face it, people are probably leaving the podcast in droves because you haven't been on it, and because uh, we're just boring. So. <laughs> Uh, I, I would think that between those two things, we need to come up with new and interesting things, so I came up with a new segment. Did you come up with a cheesy theme music for it, Troy, yet?
0: No, I, I, well, I haven't, but I will.
2: Okay, so before you air this, you got to do that. I'll
0: do cheesy... All right. So cut in
2: cheesy... Theme music. Cheesy theme and music And now, ladies and gentlemen, we... would like to introduce to you a new segment on Guitar Wank called... Bad Interviews. (laughs) And hello, I am uh, Bruce Foreman, otherwise known as Bruce Foreman, and I'm here, your host on Bad Interviews, Guitar (laughs) Wink, Bad Interviews, theme music by Troy McCubbin. Thank you. And uh, we have a guest, Scott Henderson, who has a new record. I believe it's called, uh, uh, (laughs) Bowel Mover, or, uh... Oh, people, move! He's done work. his
0: homework. He's yeah. done his
2: homework. Yeah, I like bowel Mover better. I mean, I think you get more Google plays if you if you chose that. Probably. Um, so, Mister Henderson, mind if I ask um, who
1: are your influences? Jeez, <laughs> oh, it is really a bad in, a bad interview. <laughs> you must have had an
0: interview. That was the first question.
1: Almost, they almost always start with <laughs> that question. Okay,
2: so okay, <laughs> so you're going to decline to answer. Okay, oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. really a bad interview. <laughs> uh, our next question: Oh, what kind of strings do you use? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's
1: actually I haven't been asked that one too many times. Really? Yeah, yeah, but huh. it's the D- Diadario tens. Oh, okay, tens. So, so many years. Are they
2: tens? Uh, are they? Tense are they intense or are they just tense? They're just they're just boring. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Like this interview. And uh, I would like to say that uh in your experience with making people mover, uh what was the least likely thing to happen that happened? <sighs>
1: least likely thing Oh, almost, do you even, do we even a, understand wow. that question? I don't even that's understand an that question. question. <laughs> yeah, it is almost an interesting question. Least because I just answered. I just did this interview with this Japanese magazine, and they said, "Were there any funny things that happened during the record?" And of course, there were. But I guess the least thing that I expected to happen was that the second engineer mixed mislabeled the overheads of the drums (laughs) and for the first two weeks everybody thought Alan put the drums out of phase because if you listen to the whole drum mix you know the snare was like say on the right but in the overheads they were on the left (laughs) and no one could figure it out and then finally Archie the drummer heard and he knew immediately like, duh, you guys have got the overheads turned around backwards, he said. <laughs> and we felt like such idiots, because, duh, we never thought to switch the overheads around.
0: This is this is a geeky moment. You, you really think that's,
1: <laughs> that's funny, don't you, Scott? Well, this is really I a bad it interview, because really I don't even <laughs> understand
2: what you're saying. I thought it was um, really
1: funny, because... Uh, Anybody would know that, that immediately that that's what was <laughs> and wrong. You know, but, but it only took you two yeah, weeks. only took yeah, us two yeah, weeks yeah. Yeah. to figure and, it and out. And
2: another opinion. But <laughs> let's, let's move on here since we're moving people. Um, oh my God. Uh, our, our, another question we have hmm. for bad interview. Uh, what are you trying to say with this? project.
1: (laughs) That is bad. (laughs) I'm trying to provide people with some decent music to listen to. How's that? Do you feel you achieve that? (laughs) Yes, I do.
2: Okay, well then, not so bad after all. I mean, okay, say somebody has to spend their last dollar on an EpiPen for their child, or People mover. Explain to me why they should buy people mover Uh, over a what? (laughs) Over a an an EpiPen. A kid who's allergic and needs life saving Benadryl to save their life. Oh boy, that is hard. So why should they buy people mover instead? Instead,
1: (laughs) well, the only thing I can think of is maybe the kid is just a complete pain in the ass and he's disrespectful. (laughs) You know. (laughs) <laughs> maybe they should just get rid of it. Yes,
2: and uh, maybe they can shove this in their mouth instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being part of our yeah. first virgin segment of.
4: And it
0: was bad That was truly bad. That well, sucks. That were all my questions that I've spent weeks yeah, on. And well, well, right, you well, know right,
2: I'm hoping that. I just saw something come up on your screen. You shouldn't have that thing while we're doing this. I this is another bad interview question. I saw the Layla Les Paulsle for a million dollars. What? Yes, it just. It, it, of course, it's your. That's your Alexa thing, and it's oh, listening Alexa, to us. I got it. Don't say Alexa. You just blew it, man.
0: Oh, why?
2: Hey, Alexa, give me a bad interview.
3: Sorry.
1: want to try it? Sure. Oh, that's good. I like that. So Troy, give uh, me some bad advice, Alexa. <laughs> do, you, do you have any like real
2: <laughs> questions? You sound like my first <laughs> wife, Alexa. Wait a minute. We need we need we need the bad interview music to to
1: fade out oh, here. Yeah. Okay, there it goes. because right. we're that, going to use this. Segment was, it was a it. really nice try, but that was just not as bad as some of the interviews I've already had. <laughs> <laughs> it Man, it well, was a nice try, though, but I've had much worse. Okay, but it's hard to be the best at worst. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, best, look at my yeah. playing. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I can't wait till we get Steve. Okay, so <laughs> so a million,
2: a million, more than a million dollars for the Layla Les Paul. Mm-hmm. It was a gold one. I mean, I wonder who played it. I wonder if uh, Clapton played it, or if that was a Dwayne Allman one.
0: No, didn't Dwayne give him?
2: Didn't well, but 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 I mean, I'm just saying the Layla Les Paul didn't oh, didn't oh, it okay, maybe so, okay. it was that it could have been played by Dwayne, or That's it could have been played by uh, by Eric, Derek, whatever. Yeah,
0: I don't know. What would you do with a fucking million? dollar? if I had a million dollar guitar, I'd sell it. I fucking wouldn't keep that shit.
2: Well, you know, I'm, I'm just saying it's sold for that. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not because it's a great guitar, it's because it's a historical piece. Yeah, historical That's what sold it. Um,
0: so, Scotty, we, we, uh, we, we looked around the traps for some questions, from some, some fans, some listeners. Oh, okay. And, and um, they're people, just as bad as mine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we can't use any of them because they're all... No, they're great questions. Um, basically, they're all fans of the album. They love the album. Um, this question is, the new album is really interactive with the band. I love that. Was that a conscious decision, or did you guys just develop that on the road?
1: That's just from the road, you know. If you're playing every night, and you're playing the same music, you're bound to come across those moments that continually happen. You know, like, it's, like, it's just like a solo. When you play a solo over a song so many times, you find the best little moments of voice leading ideas through the changes and sometimes you keep them because you really like them and we had these moments in some of the jamming that turned into these little things that we just kept you know little moments that where we all know it's going to happen so really it's not even improvised anymore it started out as being improvised right but it turned into something that usually happens and some of that ended up on the record so you you, so
0: were you like say at the start of the writing prep, you come up with an idea will you throw it at the guys and jam on that idea and record it a lot you... of
1: jamming was done at sound check right you know like when, when you know you're going to play a tune and you don't really know what's going to happen on stage and sometimes it's a little risky to just hope that it goes alright so you think well what if I if I go into this territory what's the probability of this happening and then you sort of suss it out at sound check And then, like, there's this one particular song where it fell flat three or four nights in a row. Right. It just didn't go anywhere, you know? And it's nobody's fault. It just, you know, when you're you're jamming over one chord, as I know from playing with Kinsey for many years, (laughs) you know, when you're jamming over one chord and you're just trying to really pull it together and make it sound like a composition and something that people can remember and dig their heels into and nothing happens, it's sort of a humiliating experience. You you don't feel like you really nailed it. So we sort of figured, well, what if we sort of half improvise it? In other words, uh, we're going to make this first part, it's just going to be a jam where anything can happen, but we have a safety net that at any point somebody can count it off and it's going to turn into a little funk jam. And it's going to be really funky, and and at the very least, it's going to be danceable and fun for people to listen to. And then it's eventually going to turn into a full-blown guitar solo, right? right? Yeah. So it what turned out, what started as nothing, ended up having a little bit of a form, right? And then that's what ended up on the record, was that form, I'm talking about the song Syringe, right. where it okay. starts off yeah. and everybody's jamming, Album. and... And then there's, a, and then then it turns into a little bit of a funk jam, and then there's a guitar solo. So that came from the experience of playing that tune on the road and just realizing that it wasn't enough just to jam and then go back to the head because it didn't have any kind of a form or any kind of a of a of a plane leading upwards until into a climax, and then you, where you would come back with a a balls to the walls head. Yeah. So it was safer to say, well, let's not just say we're going to jam and then play the head, because that could potentially be a disaster. Sometimes it would work, sometimes not. L- a at- con-
0: little confused, Scott, using a lot of w- words like climax, balls, head. Uh, um,
1: yeah, it's- well, you know, that's just for me being a pervert. You guys know that. <laughs>
2: it's called my interview bad. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Right. Um, but I- you know what? Those guys Actually, those guys I called in my general, interview bad are conversational players and that's yeah. why I love playing with them so much because they do listen and I love it that I feel like when I'm on stage if I get soft they will get soft with me you know they're really tuned in again soft you know. again another <laughs> yeah.
2: sexual metaphor yeah <laughs> this but, is, this shit really yeah. shouldn't have been called people moving this shit should that's have been right. called baby making yeah
1: but uh yeah they're they're very they're very you know interactive guys and it's like you know you can't play this kind of music without that kind of interaction yeah. so i'm glad a lot of that showed up on the record because that's how we play live so so I would, it translated i, to the I would album assume that good. you
0: like the french more now
1: yes i do <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um you vary the textures via the ensemble a lot on on this one um the drums lay out and then they come in uh, he really likes that and and makes for a really dynamic sound bruce did that also a lot in his band in and orchestrating it in interesting ways with a small band so was was that something you would is that kind of naturally what you were going for Was it like overall the album to me has a vibe i mean there's a, there's a lot going on and you keep saying that it's it's pretty simple and you released where people can download the 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 tracks without
1: the play-along version yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. that's that's
0: that's awesome so you've got charts and everything for that mm-hmm. and you can yeah. so people can go in and really dive into what
1: yeah you are they, on can, you they can they can turn the yourself. guitars off i i made this time i made two guitar mixes one is like the main soloing track where i played improvised mainly and the other guitar tracks are a mix of all the backing tracks and then there's a bass mix, a drums mix, and a click track and then the charts. So people can turn off whatever they want to and play along. Right. Like a drummer could play with me and the bass player or a guitar player could jam with the the bass and drums. Or you can just go in and inspect the guitar tracks if you're looking for different tones and want to hear them a little closely, closer. you know, closer, yeah. you know, put a magnifying glass on them. And they probably sound way them.
0: different when they're soloed by themselves. Boy, do Maybe. they ever. Right?
1: Yeah. And and I wanted people to experience that because my first experience with that was with It. I don't know if you remember that software, but um, yeah, do you remember those guys? Yeah. Yep. What ten years ago? Would they they did that? I can't remember, but it's been a while now since they've been went out of business. But um, they took a lot of famous rock albums. I know they had some ACDC. They had some Deep Purple. They had. I mean, they had just everybody. Um, and they got the stems stems from the record label and they put out those records with the stems and for me the biggie was Deep Purple I think it was either Machine Head or in rock I don't remember which one it was but to hear Richie Blackmore's guitar soloed without the bass and drums Wow was that an eye-opening experience and I'm imagining that's what people will think if they get this this thing from me too because the guitar when you strip away the bass and drums it sounds completely different.
0: A lot less yeah. distortion.
1: I don't know if it's about distortion, but the frequencies, the the fact that the bass and drums covers up so many frequencies right. that are there, that when those frequencies are exposed, then it sounds completely different. It's right. like a whole the texture of the whole thing changes, and you it, and you go, it? wow! Um, I had no idea that it would sound like that. Without the bass and drums, because
0: didn't Ang- like with Angus ACDC. His Angus's tone just sounds a lot cleaner than what it
1: the- does on the album. Ah, than what you think it was. Yeah. And I would say that's the same with Richie Blackmore. Right. I heard and even Richie Van Blackmore's Halen, right. Eddie. I never heard that, so I can't say. Right. But I heard Richie Blackmore's, and I've heard people say for many years that he didn't really use that much gain. It was it was just. Uh, I think he played through this Iowa tape recorder and the tape recorder preamp gave him a little bit more gain, and it was kind of probably like using a boost pedal. Right. And when I heard his tracks, I did realize that, wow, not only are they cleaner than I thought they were gonna be, but they had a lot less mid-range in them. Yep. They were very scooped. And when I tried to imitate that sound, I had to turn the mid-range off on my amp, and oh. I was like, wow, that's that was his tone on this song? But yet it fits the song so beautifully, but by itself it sounds kinda weird. weird. Isn't that yeah. crazy, right? It's crazy, but I'm sure people would say the same thing same if they thing hear some of stuff? my tracks, they're gonna go, God, that's a weird a weird tone, but it just happens to fit the yeah. track. Yeah. You know? And well, this uh, it's next, a fun thing.
0: This next question, and this is a I'll tell you who is asking these questions at the end of it. My favorite song is Blue Heroin. Heron? right? You mentioned that it's really hard to improvise on. Is it because the harmony isn't doing a lot, isn't functional? No, or no. Could...
1: It's because, you know, uh and I'm not putting anybody down at all when I say this, but there's a lot of, uh, jazz composers who, who write a chord progression that's fun for them to play on. And then they write a song around that. Right. You know, I don't do that. Um, not that I think it's wrong or anything, it's just not my modus operandi. My my, my idea is to, is to create the music to sound good for the melody, and if I happen to get lucky and they're good changes to solo on, great, and if they're not, I'll figure out some way to make them fun to play on. So Blue Heron is one of those tunes where the changes for the melody were not fun to, <laughs> to solo on at all. Right, and I had to a lot of changing them to make them fun to play on. And they still weren't fun to play. On. <laughs> so, Did you
0: ever think about fuck it? Oh, can I make this so, fun to play
1: on? No, nah, you know, there's a lot of major seven sharp five chords, and there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of uh, and I can't stand that 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 college melodic minor shit. I fucking hate it. Um, you <laughs> why know, is, the, why is it
0: uh, college melodic? <laughs> it's you know,
1: I, I hate co- college kids. I really hate collegiate jazz. You know, and, is, and I didn't even know and, what that is. Well, there's 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 a lot of guys that make a big thing out of writing the augmented interval in every single chord they write it's either got to be a dominant seven sharp 11 or a minor minor nine uh, minor nine flat five or a major seven sharp five and it's always got to have that melodic minor quality and if I hear too much of that I barf right you know so so, <laughs> so <laughs> Maybe it's why you got your hernia. You yeah, maybe it's why I got my hernia. But, <laughs> it was but a melodic minor So, hernia. you know, there 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 were some of those chords I had to try to get rid of and and, and there's had to replace them with other stuff and it just it was just a hard hard section to solo over and make uh and tell a story over it. Right. Not that it was technically hard because it's not technically harder right. than anything else but, but just to
0: make it work melodically in and that. And yeah, I've,
1: d- I've done so many sessions, and I'm sure Bruce has too, when people give you a chord progression to play over, where it doesn't feel like the changes are helping you play, they're hindering you. Right. And... That's kind of how I felt on this particular solo. Like, the changes weren't helping me did you, play a Did solo you talk to were. the composer about this? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I I scolded him good, man. I told him, why don't you write something that's fucking fun to play over?
0: <laughs> Bruce, a good question for your bad interviewer. What's your favorite chord?
1: Oh, <laughs> man, you know, C major, of course. <laughs> You're gay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you mentioned that right-hand plucking of chords is something you worked hard at getting it... Uh, right hand
2: wedding right hand right hand fucking of,
1: of cords plucking of
0: cords plucking of cords you, do you use the flesh or the nail this is getting really nitty gritty no the flesh the front of your
1: fingers yeah yeah my right. nails are super short but yeah I think that's probably I mean maybe I, Bruce could tell if, the, if he has problems with that but he has I a hard can,
0: time he gets fleshy sounds and it sounds mushy
1: well I can I can tell you that when I played my uh, hollow body guitar, that I, I rented a hollow body guitar for one of the tunes, and I can tell you from borrowing Bruce's red guitar, the Sontag, when I played Chelsea Bridge, I did not have this problem. Right. Um, it seemed like that when I played a chord, the notes were way more even right and it seemed like if i wanted to put a little bit more pressure on the top string to make the melody come out that did not seem to be a very difficult thing to do on that guitar on any hollow body right but, but on electric- when you add distortion i think that's when you're playing a solid body just a plank of wood with distortion i think it's a lot harder because it it could be the the harmonics with the distortion that come with the distortion you know or it could be that the guitar is just not even. Right. You know, the fretboard is just not as even as like a super quality hollow body. Yeah. I don't know the reason. I just know that that every single chord seems to be like a snowflake. There's not one there's no, there's no two alike. Yeah. You can play a chord 50 times and every one sounds different. You know, a different note is louder, or sometimes a note out of the chord will just disappear into the darkness, and it's gone.
0: Do you worry about your nails on your um, on your hand?
1: No, I mean I keep my nails really short, so it's always just a. Do you bite your nails? No. Okay. I don't think so. Why not? I don't. Yeah. Why not? But 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 I think that I think that that I've seen a lot of players um play this style, Schofield, Wayne Krantz, a lot of guys, and me too, and for some reason you know, live, I don't ever even think about this, and it never seems to be a problem, but I think when you get a microscope, yeah. and you're expecting that nice, even chord to come out with the melody note just a tiny little bit louder, and so you can hear the melody good, then of course you're not going to be satisfied yeah. with every take, it's yeah. going to take a few times to get it right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and when you're getting so anal like that too, that's when you start noticing every little nuance,
1: like the tuning. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's another problem. Tuning, yeah. Yeah, Tuning was all was a bitch. Um, I bought this software called Melodyne. Oh, Melodyne, yeah, and and, um, it's great, right? Well, it it, the idea was that if I happened to play a chord and the tone was just really killer, and I didn't want to have to replay it because I wanted to keep that tone. That I could go into the chord, and if there was n- one note that was horribly sharp, I could tune it. But that didn't work. Didn't work, right? No, right. because it kind of fucks it up. Well, what it does is the software itself changes the tone. Yeah. So, and I felt guilty about it. It's like it's too Britney Spears, man. It's yeah. too. It's too not real. I mean, page would
0: have worried about that
1: well on chords maybe because i mean it's one thing to play a single line out of tune i've got single lines on this record out of tune as hell and it doesn't bother me right but chords man when a chord sounds sour mm. it bothers you man yeah. i mean i mean it can sound a little bit out of tune in a hip way but also in a really bad, bad way. way so yeah. if it's if it's in a bad way i'm going to replay it. Do it and and using melodyne the one thing that it was good for is it was really good as a reference tool. Like, I'd listen to a chord, and I'd go, this chord is bothering me, but I don't know if it's bothering me bad enough to replay it or not. I think probably most people won't notice it. And I'd put it in Melodyne, and Melodyne would say, the fifth is like 40 cents sharp. (laughs) Go well you know what just to play it on the safe side I'm going to do this again and, re- and record and it once and, you go know, down
0: that rabbit hole it. it's really hard to fucking stop because well, everything starts getting questionable everything
1: then. everything does get questionable but when you're making a record I it, you have to live with that you have to live with that wanting to make a decent record and you don't want things to sound horribly yeah. out of tune
0: at some point in your life do you feel like you wish you could be like Bruce and just record it and just move on and do it in one take and just disappear.
1: Uh, I'll never be that guy. No, I know you never will, yeah, because no. you're
0: like you guys are so Apollo Apollo, opposite.
1: Yeah, I, I won't ever be that guy. Yeah. Hey, um,
2: well don't get the don't get the, give the impression that I don't give a shit.
0: No, 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 no. But you are did, in the though. you're in the it's moment. It's okay,
2: okay, I'm lame. It's okay, I admit it. <laughs> Bruce, I if don't you care. could go back to your care. whole career and just care. melody and everything <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> i'm out of tune i don't give a shit no but you're very much in <laughs> my the moment. tone sucks i don't give a shit yeah right, you're you know, in the moment
0: me. and that's that's your thing that's what you do and scott likes to do. like you guys are just so different like that which is that's what well music but is everybody's
1: awesome everybody's in the moment yeah. when they're on stage however so, you know the moment,
2: however yeah. the so, issue no. he has of course it's big difference because of the audio audio spectrum he's working with yeah, you know the, the frequency spectrum and the discussion. amount of the, the, the type of background he's got playing with him versus what I've got yeah that's th- those are we're talking about apples and oranges well, but yeah. there's also the fact that I play chords all the time and have to make certain notes the loud ones mm. just like that's my job every day all the time. So I really don't have the issue he has. I can, I have a lot of control in terms of what not I want you to hear, how I want the inner voices to sound. I mean, because I do it. It's like I'm comping for people all the time. I'm playing chord solos all the time. You know, I'm playing trio all the time, playing solo all the time. So, um, you know, and I don't have to fit it into this big, not a puzzle, it's a bad word, but this big, this big orchestration that he's working on. Yeah. So but you know what I mean. That, so those are those are also things that that are mitigating factors.
0: Yeah. But besides that, you guys have completely different philosophies when it comes to recording, like different yeah. ways of doing things, which right. is amazing and wonderful. Yeah, but That's not, what's great. not
1: really because Bruce doesn't do these kind of recordings. So if he did, it would be no different than how I approach it. He'd yeah. Approach I mean, I mean if I, if I had yeah, if yeah. I had
2: the budget and or the ability.
1: Yeah, because I might,
2: like, I might very well do that. I, but then again, you you have a point. I don't know that in, you know I would think I'd just probably pull out my guitar and play. All day, just just come know, down and do
0: like that, pressing you know? the record button. You like it to do it. Bruce likes to do it his way. You like
1: and you like to do well, it your I mean, way. I've got live records where we yeah. press the record yeah. button and yeah, what you sure. heard is what you got. You know, there's no overdubs. There's no yeah. You know, and many many of the tribal tech records have no overdubs whatsoever. It's just we. We could only afford to go into the studio for those two days, and we went in and recorded, and that was it. Like yeah. you get what you get, yeah, yeah, and you don't get to go back and do it again, yeah. yeah. So, and 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 for most of my career, I would have to say that's it's been more, more like of that, that side of it, okay? Yeah, yeah. it's been more that side. But well, now it. you have the and luxury to now go I have deep. the luxury of having a home studio where I can go back and fix things I don't like, and right. even then, if something is fucked up, but cool. I'd rather keep it than make it perfect. Right. Because it's sometimes the fuck up is what makes it cool. Makes it cool so yeah. there's there's mistakes on this record for sure. And right. There's flubs and there's little things. There's little things that maybe other people don't notice but I notice them. But I didn't want to fix them because I was like, "Oh, that's got a vibe, you that's, know. Yeah. So why mess with it?" Yeah. You know. Like if it's not broke, don't fix, don't it. fix it. Yeah. And most people are not going to hear well what i would hear is a mistake people might just you know it's like if it's not in your if you played something that's not in your head doesn't necessarily mean it's a mistake other people hear it as cool or whatever right he meant and, to play that yeah you're yeah, the only right, one that knows yeah